this evening. All right, everybody okay? Feeling sort of quiet tonight? I am, I want to tell you, I, uh, I've been wanting to sort of speak on the subject we're going to be at for a little while, for about six weeks, it sort of has come to mind, and it's, it's something that is cyclical. That means every three years or f- four years, it, it tends to come back in through the youth group just to, to talk about. And, uh, and there's a part of me that, that says, oh, um, they, they heard this maybe just a few years ago. What, do, do they really need to hear this again? That's sort of the conversation I have within my, my own head. But then I was re- reminded even this week that the, the Bible calls us sheep a lot of times. Have y'all ever, ever heard that? We're sheep in need of a shepherd. And, and Jesus is the, the good, 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 good shepherd, right? And, and so, and, and sheep, if you think about sheep, they're just the, some people love sheep. And if you love, if you're a sheep lover, that's great. I love them too. Um, uh, I've got clothes because of sheep and, um, <clears throat> but sheep aren't, aren't just the most powerful things in the world. They're, they're sort of, they, they, they get stuff caught in, in their wool. They can't clean themselves. They get dirty, easy. Uh, some would say they're not too bright. I, I'm not friends with the sheep. I don't want to hurt their feelings, but that's what it just tends to. And, and I think if they are attacked by a wolf, the wolf will win probably 108% of the time, right? So that's just sort of the sheep, and we're, we're called sheep a lot. So amen, that's how, how we are. We're, and, um, and I was thinking to myself, you know, do we, do we really, does the group need, need this right now? And then some of you I know will have seen this video that came up, uh, went, 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 went vi- viral this week, and it's it's a it, it's a meme or a meme, if you want to say it correctly. Um, it, it's a meme that says when 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 he leaves the ninety nine to save the one, and you're the one. Okay, so when he when he leaves, meaning Jesus leaves the the ninety nine to save the one, and you're the one. And it was with this video clip, no sound to it. Just take a look. There you go. That's us right there, stuck in a hole in the ground. Oh, look at that. That's us. <laughs> so let it run a little bit because you're going to get to see it again in slow motion because it's, it's, it's beautiful. The um, precision this sheep has got to have to nail this jump is perfect. And if that's not a picture of us, I don't, I, I don't know what is. I mean, we, God doesn't work in our life. We, 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 we start to maybe grow in our faith, but all of a sudden we find ourselves, whoo, I'm doing good, boom, and we're back in that ditch. And we're like, you know, when you look, you're like, what is that is being pulled out of the ground and how, what in the world is going on? Is it being pulled out by, by, by its leg? And man, we, we, we need that, this help. We need this reminder from even the, the exact same thing from time to time. Because you know what? That big ditch or whatever, that hole in the ground didn't change from when the sheep went in the first time to when the sheep went in the second time, right? And it still went in again. You're like, dumb, dumb sheep. Now we know why the word of God sometimes refers to us as sheep. All right, good talk. Has anyone ever gone to the beach before? Everybody. I, okay, hopefully we're close to it. We're not very far. You're like, I've never been. Yeah, it's like four miles away. And um, if you're at the beach as a kid, 
who, who here like loves to go to the beach and just, just frolic in the, in the water? Frolic is, is, is just a weird word we're going to use tonight. And, and so you like to go and play. But I don't know if, if you've been there, but you've been there and let's say it's, it's, it's little Caden is in there with little Ben, who at this time Ben is little. He's not like seven feet tall, little Ben. And then little Caitlin, b- both of them are there at the beach and they're in the water. They're playing in the water. And mom and dad go, hey, hey, this is where we are sitting. Stay in front of us. And they start playing. And I don't know if you've ever been on the beach, but sometimes when you're in the, the, the water, what hap, hap, happens? Right? You, you drift. Right? Is it because you're trying to swim away from the point that you were at? What happens? What happens is you take small baby jumps off of the floor of the water, the ocean floor. You, you jump up, and every time you do, you scoot over, right? You don't mean to. That's what the current and the waves are doing, and it tends to take— Have you been there when you were like, you're playing, you're having a great time, and you look up, and mom and dad are gone? They have abandoned you at the beach. Have you ever been there? And then you hear your name called, and four miles down the beach, they're yelling at you because you have lost track of time because you've just been drifting slowly but slowly. You weren't doing a whole lot wrong. You just, they had said, hey, stay in front of us. You're going to, hey, swim back, stay in front of us. But you were having fun. You got caught up in this and that. And before you knew it, you're a half a mile down the beach. Have you ever been there before? What we're talking about tonight is that very thing that within your life, if you don't pay attention to this, you're going to drift like that. And before you know it, you're going to be far away from where you're supposed to be, and you're going to wonder, how in the world did I get there? It's because you weren't staying in the spot you're supposed to stay at. And there's only one way to stay in that spot, and that is being in the Word of God, being intentional on where you're going to stay and where you're going to stand. Are you good? You with me still? We're going to talk about for the next four weeks or five weeks, and it's going to deal with uh, uh, the great pursuit. It's, it's, it's dealing with um, love and purity. Uh, and de- you know, lo- love, love, ooh la la, right? Love. Okay, so are you ready for this? You're like, dear Lord, Pastor Dan, I've got a friend here. Please don't talk about this. I'm sorry. This is where we're at. But don't worry. Okay. <clears throat> Would you agree, and some of you may not can think back, but there, there's, there's a time 10 years ago when things were not shown on TV that are shown now on TV that the, the Bible would say is, is crude or impure or sexually immoral. Would you agree with that? That statement? It, it's now, in the world we live in, it's splattered everywhere that you, you look. What used to be only on late night TV has now moved into mainstream all the time. Whatever time of day, whatever ad you want to see, there's this stuff that is um, uh, that deals with sexual immorality that is all over the media. Whether it's movies, TV, music, YouTube. Snapchat among friends, whatever, it's all over the place. Would you agree with that, that statement? It's a mess. So, um, what used to make the, the world blush, now the world doesn't even bat an eye at it. They, they're not even phased by it. And we go, well, Pastor it's okay. I'm, I'm mature enough to ha- handle this. Can I tell you this? No one's mature enough to handle it. If you are 
mature enough to hand, 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 handle that, you're deep in it. You've, you've sort of bought into it. And that deals with youth and adults. I've got adults go, ah, kids are going to bed. It's okay for, for me to. No, it's not. What does the Word of God say? Ephesians 5.3. I think I might have some of the verses on the screen. I may not. Just throw them up there if they are. Uh, it, it says that, that, that uh, but sexual immor- immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you. Not even named among you. That, that's in the ESV. In the NIV, which is a great translation of this verse, it says, let there not be a hint of sexual immorality among you. Not even a, don't even let... Folks think there's a chance of it. Okay, so the Word of God is very clear in this. Look in 1 Corinthians 6, 18. It says, flee from sexual immorality. It doesn't say, hey, be, beware, look out for, hey, make sure you hide your eyes. It says, run away because it's going to hurt you. Run away like you're running for, for your life. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality. So, okay, this is just three spots, and it's all over the Word of God where it talks about flee from this. This is not of God. So, can we all agree with God calls us to live a life that is pure? And we're not perfect. We all struggle for all sin, falling short of the glory of God. The, the wages of sin is, is what? Death, right? So, so we, we all struggle uh, but the gift of God is eternal life through, through, through Jesus Christ. But though we all struggle, we are still called to fight against it. Now, some of you go, well, Pastor Dan, I would never do that. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't watch that. I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I would never go that far. But this is what occurs in your teenage years especially, but it, it will build into your adult years if you don't deal with this now, is that life is going to come. Girls or guys are going to come into your life. There's going to be things that you can look at, choose to honor God or not, and you got the choice, you can keep your eyes fixed on the Father, or you can just sort of, just sort of, I'm not hurting, hurting nothing, I'm not doing a whole lot wrong, but when we take our eyes off the Father, it's just like the analogy of the beach chair and your parents, and you're called to stay, hey, stay in front of them, you've got to work to stay in front of your parents on a rough, rainy day when the current is moving just like that, you've got to work to stay in line with what God has called you to do and to be every day. Or you're going to look down, and before you know it, you're going to be so deep in this stuff. You're like, I, I, I've talked to so many that, that were like, Pastor Dan, I had no idea how I even got here. And it's the small drifting from where we're supposed to be slowly but surely. So that's why we're talking about this today. Can I tell you one thing that drives me bonkers? Yeah, thank you. Because, like, you, can you, you stop me? I mean, I see these beautiful things online. Facebook is so great, and Instagram. And I see sixth, seventh, eighth graders that are going on a dance or something, and they've got their, their person that they go with, and they pick up, and the, someone puts a post up of it, and they're like, this couple that are 11 or 12, and they're like, relationship goals is what is like, like, this is not what the kids are putting. This is what like high schoolers or adults are putting. Oh, this is the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in your life. It's not, right? It's not, it's not. You're like, you know, be careful because you're playing with 
fire? Are you focusing on the Father? Are you focusing on things of the world? Those that are older, quit encouraging the younger ones. That, y'all are so cute together. Man, man, when I was 11, I wish I had someone like that. No! No, you don't need to be thinking that way. This world comes too hard, too fast at you. Slow down. There's no rush. You're going to get there. <clears throat> so tonight we're talking about the juicy topics of self-esteem and self-worth. You're like, wait, what? Yes, because if we don't get this right, nothing else is going to matter. You're not going to keep your eyes on the Father if you don't understand how your self-esteem works and what your self-worth is truly found in. Are you with me still? Sort of? Four people just nodded. I'll take it. Self-esteem. This is how we perceive ourselves, and it's driven by the, the, the moment. It is the here and now. It's the, it's the up and down. If you talk to someone that's like, man, best day ever, and then their next post is worst day of my life, right? They're just cr- crashing. It deals with self-esteem. It's like, it's like 2.7 seconds on a bull name, Fu Manchu, right? It's just, it's just you're up, down, up, down, flying all around. Have you ever been there before? Good days and bad days. And self-esteem, so it's, it's our mood of the day. It's how we treat our parents and friends that day. Or youth pastor. Be nice. It sometimes causes us, affects us on if we're going to eat. Because, man, I stress eat. I, hey, I'm having a bad day. I need to go get something. Right? Self-esteem affects us that way. And the moment if we choose... The world or God, sometimes it can be just based on our self-esteem, on how we're feeling. Man, I just need to pick me up. Man, I'm just tired of fighting. It's, uh, it's uh, if, we're, we, if we bully or, or are bullied, self-esteem plays a whole role in that. Do we understand? Because, uh, you know, it's easy to hate a bully, right? Don't bully. You actually want to, you know, pound them in the head, someone that bully that picks on someone else. But I, and I think we need to stand up to, to bullies, especially when they're, especially when they don't pick on you, but on some, some, someone else that can't stand for themselves. I think the Word of God calls us to make a stand for them, to stand in the gap, even when it costs us. But keep this in mind. A bully is someone with the lowest self-esteem in the room. You're like, well, how can that be? Well, it's because they're having to stop and stand on someone else just so they feel a little bit better about themselves. And they do that because their self-esteem is way low. So when you see this guy that's all, like, like just, just to, you know, I try to have the conversation going, man, are, are you okay? You know, you need to talk because their self-esteem is very, very low. Now, some people say that, that, that self-esteem and self-worth are the, the same thing. I, I do not believe they are. Some books or some smart people think they're the same thing. I don't think they are. I think like I said, self-esteem is in the moment, how we're feeling and how we re- react. Self-worth is the st- standard upon which we get our, our, our self-esteem. Let me show you with an illustration. I need two volunteers. Very tough job here. For two. Come on, Adam Kloss, you've been dying to get on this stage, I can tell. And let's go with Wyatt. Come on down, Wyatt. Come on up, Wyatt. That Wyatt right there. Everybody say, hey, Wyatt. Wyatt's sort of new here. So there you go. Wyatt, now you know everybody. Cool. Hold that, that piece of rope. You're going you're gonna to stand all the way over there. Y'all, y'all stretch that rope out. Your job is pretty important. It's pretty difficult. It's just not a tug of war, fellas. Don't get in a fight over this. 
Y'all, hey, 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 hey. Do I need to get someone else up here? Your sole job is to hold the rope. That's all we're doing. I'm doing all the work here. Okay, we good? <clears throat> this rope represents your self-esteem. The blue rope. Okay? Your self-esteem. Great illustration, right? This is the way it works. I don't know about you, but sometimes my self-esteem is great, and sometimes it's awful. Sometimes I am great to be around. Sometimes I'm a bear to be around. The rope represents your highs and lows, right? This is when I'm a bear over here. Well, over here, man, I'm great. I'm nice. I'm, I'm, things are going well. But this is how my life works. I don't know about your life, but all my days aren't great days. It doesn't go like, kink, I'm here all the time. 365 days a year, we're not. It rotates on the mood, the way that we feel, how things are working out for us. Even if we're in the worry, we're doing the best we can, it's still going to float around. Do we agree with that? So that's your self, self-esteem, and it's, it's right here. Bad days, great days. This rope represents your self-worth, okay? Now, where we want you to get, and I want you to get tonight, is understand where your self-worth is found. Because where you find your self-worth is going to be where your self-esteem is going to float from. See, we're in the middle right now. If our self-worth is low, and we're going to explain a lot more of what that means, we're going to be like this. So even my good days can be sort of bad days, right? But I think God has created us with a purpose and a plan. He wants us up here. So even when we have our bad days, there's still sort of good days. Does that make sense? Do we understand that? Okay, great job, guys. That was amazing the way you held the rope. Amazing. So, things that we base our self-worth on, things that, that, that affect it, how the world says that we look. Number one, man, if you look right, man, your self-worth, the world will prop you up. They will talk great things about you. They will lift you up. You're great. You're Amazing. And that is what we base our self-worth on. I'm not saying things that are the correct things we should, we should base our self-worth on. These are just some things that do. Second thing is this. How the world rates your unique talents or ab- ab- abilities. If you can sing or you're great at sports, the world is going to prop you up. And your self-worth is going to be way over here, at least for a season. How the world uh, applauds. Your intellect, are you a mathlete? You might not be an athlete, but you're a mathlete, right? right? Even smart people, there's a self-worth that can be fun, it be game because you're, you're top rank in your school and you know that and, and you, you get this self-worth, man, I'm good at least in this. And so we, that's where we find our, our self-worth. It can be found in who we date, especially at a, a, a younger age. You might date someone, partly you're, you're dating because it's status that it makes you look, look better. Makes you look in control. In today's culture, self-worth is found on the precarious thing we call social media. How many likes do I get? How many YouTube hits? How many whatevers? How many folks are talking to me? Um, just trying to pump me up. And there's a problem with all this stuff. And th- th- this is it. Looks will fade. I don't know about you, but if you see movie stars who used to be 
beautiful, and they still are, but in the world's eyes, they were beautiful, and they were who you wanted to be like, and now they've gotten old, but some of them have Botox themselves to death, where they look like they're, they've been stung by a lot of bees, you know, and you're like, oh gosh, because they're trying to hold on to those looks, because their self-worth has been found in that, and now they don't have that anymore. Looks are going to fade. Athletic ability is, is going to, to wane. I remember uh, when Noah turned 12, he said, Dad, uh, we were on a, uh, a hiking trail. And he said, Dad, I'll race you from here to that fence post. And it was pretty f- far away. And I was like, all right, all right, you ready? Go. And so we go, we're neck and neck. I go to kick, kick it into the, my high gear. There was no gear. Noah took off past me. Took off past me. I threw a branch. I took his legs. No, I'm kidding. That's what I thought in my head. How can I do it? I couldn't, I, I couldn't compete with him. Why? Because... Athletic abilities are going to fade. These things that gave you worth aren't going to last. Intellect is going to fail or things around you are going to, there's more stuff to learn and you just can't keep up with it. That's where we put our self-worth in. Social media will turn on you. Be in it long enough or short enough time, it will turn on everybody. So we put our self-worth in a lot of these things, even in our, our friends. But can I tell you, even the best friends you have will fail you at times. Sometimes you, when you grow up, you might grow up and you find a spouse. And can I tell you, your spouse isn't perfect. Mine's amazing. But if my self-worth is just found in her, it's just, it's just not, it just doesn't last. She does great things in my life, but it's just not enough. So what I want to ask you tonight is how does God see you? Because see, if we can d- detach ourselves away from how the, how the world does this and how we gain our self-worth, I think we're called to have our self-worth found in how God sees us. So we're going to... Um, in order for you to, to sort of run with where I'm going to go here, you've got to believe two things. One, God is who he says he is from the word of God, right? We've got the word of God. The God of the Bible is, is, is who he, say, he says he is because we're going to take the word of God and, and see what, how God thinks of us, okay? And we've got to believe as well that God will do what he says he will do, that the promises that he gives, he's going to come through with. If you believe those two things then I believe you are on the road and you very well can find your self-worth not in yourself, but in God. And it's not only your self-worth isn't just in, in how God sees you, but it's found in who, who God is. You don't have to be, get it all right. You just got to put your faith in him and, and trust in him. So Cody Duran, are you around here somewhere? There you go. Come on down, Cody. Can we get a microphone that doesn't Echo, he's going to read the script, script for us. Turn to Psalm 139. I know we're running fast through some of this stuff. And um, Psalm 139, this is verses 13 through 18 is where we're going to read tonight. Because so this is our main text. Uh, and don't worry, like he's been talking for a while. We're going to, we're going to uh, knock through some, some of this text. Not a whole lot left, uh, but some very important stuff that's left. So um, if you'll stand with us in honor of God's word as we read this main part of the text, we do this just to r- remind us this is the word of God. And let's, let's treat it with honor and respect. We're going to read from verse 13 to verse 18 in Psalm 139. So Cody, why don't you go ahead and read that for us? Psalm 139, verse 13. 
created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they, were, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Cody. Let's pray, pray together. Dear God, we thank you so much for your um, word and just the chance to uh, read it together as a group. And Lord, as we talk through your word, Lord, remind us of, one, how great a God you are, and two, that you have a plan for everybody that's in this room and you've made them with a purpose. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, have a seat. Point n- number one is this. God created you with a plan and a purpose. Look at verses 13 through 15. For you formed my inward parts. For you knitted me together in my, my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, in, in, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes, verse 16, saw my unformed substance. God, do you understand this? God know, knows you. And what's beautiful about this is God knows you exactly as you are. We come into a place like this. I have youth that come in here a lot and they'll say, hey, Pastor Dan, what's up? And, and, and we'll talk. And your, your mom or dad may be here or I might see you at church. And your parent will come up to me and go, they never act like that at home. They only act that way when they're around you. Right? Because we want to impress people. We don't want folks to see our flaws or short, short, shortcomings. Short so, so y'all come in like, yeah, yeah, what's up? Everything's great. Everything's great. Because you just don't want to sort of show who you are. Because sometimes we're just afraid what others will think about us. But God sees us exactly as we are. And he still loves us. He created us with a purpose and a and a, and a plan. And then it says this, that in verse 16, that in, in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, there's a purpose and a plan for, for your life. Y'all have heard my story. I'm not going to go into a, a whole lot tonight, but I've stuttered since I was five. For uh, at the age of 19, I felt God call me to be a youth pastor. That was only like five years ago. And, um, and uh, I fought it for two years because I was like, man, there's no way I can be a youth pastor. Y- y'all have heard me. I I talk sort of like a freak. That's what it was inside my head. I'm not called to be that. I'll, I'll be a chef. God pursued me at that point, and I was reading in the Word, and who made man's mouth, who made him deaf, dumb, blind, am I not God? And at that point, when I was, as I read that Word, I was like, okay, God, if you've called me to this, I'll do it, but it's your mistake. That, that was sort of my giving in, which really wasn't the right attitude. It was partly, part, partly right, but not all the way right. And then I learned... God's big enough to use even, even me. Someone weak, someone who just can't speak right. My God's big enough to do anything he wants to do. He's, he's, he's got a plan. And just like my life, he's got a plan. He's got a, life, a, a plan for your life. Because some of you sit in this room and go, well, there's no way that he could use me. There, you just don't know me. I don't have to know you. I do know how, how big God is and how great God is. 
and how he can use, he uses simple things like me at times to do great things in this world for his glory. So first, God created you with a purpose and a plan. That's where we base our self-worth out of. God made you with a plan. Two is this, God thinks about you constantly. Okay, look at Psalm uh, 139, 17. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they were there more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. Now, don't miss that. If I were to count them, these vast thoughts that God has of us, they are more than the sand. How many grains of sand are in a teaspoon? A little, a little spoon how many, I think I've got a, uh, a B, C, D, uh, E, and F. Okay, there we go. How, how many grains of sand are in a teaspoon? Um, a, 623. B, 5,323. C, 10,723. D, 14,823. E, 25,623. All the above, which would add them all up to 57,092. Who thinks it's A? Who thinks it's B? Who thinks it's C? Who thinks it's D? Who thinks it's E? Anybody think it's F? Hands down. Now you can look this up online and 40 things will give you different answers. Because, uh, you know, I, I was going to have David, part of his job this week was to count grains of sand in a teaspoon, but he kept, he got to like 10,008 and I would like bump him. And you know, he was like, ah, oh, it started over. So, um, the answer is 14,800 approximately grains of sand per teaspoon. That's a lot, right? Would you agree? And that's just in a teaspoon. When I was uh, 28 years ago, my wife and I have been dating or married for 28 years, which is crazy, right? So we were two when, when we met and started dating. Um, I don't suggest that anymore. It was a, 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 a different era. Um, but when we would begin to date, we would go, by, there's a place at the school where at Palm Beach Atlantic, there's a place called Chapel by the Lake. It was just an outdoor amphitheater type of thing. You could just go and hang out. And we would go out there and we would talk for hours and hours about nothing. Just because it was just fantastic. I don't know why it was fantastic, it just was. And so when we would be apart, I would think about her all the time, constantly. And those were the best times. And this tells me here in the Word of God that God thinks about you and I. How precious me are your thoughts, O God, how fast is some. If I would account them, they were more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. Good news. Man, God thinks about you all the time. Scary news, God thinks about you all the time. You know what I'm saying? I'm not getting it right all the time. But he's still thinking about me. Next time you go to the beach, if you manage to make a trip out there, take a scoop of sand in your, in your hands and do it like that and make one big pile in your, in your hand. And in that one clump in your hand will be approximately 710,000 grains of sand. And God thinks about you so much more than that. Blows my mind. I can't even grasp it. 
But there's this things in the world that go, hey, find your worth in this, find your worth in that. And when they are done with you, they will spit you out. But God is not going to spit you out. He loves you. He thinks about you. He pursues you. That's where our self-worth is found. Third thing is this. God provides for you daily. Look in Matthew chapter 25. We're going to jump around a little, a little bit here. It says this. I think we'll have the word on the screen. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body. What you put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? If, if, if God takes care of the birds and the flowers, how much more does God take, take, take care of you? Right? How much more do you take care of you? When I was back in the day, when I went to college, I, I, I was um, about to go off to school. A private school at the time cost a lot, not near what this, they cost now, but it's called Palm Beach Atlantic. I was going to go. And um, I had an uncle of mine, Uncle Clarence, that came. I was with my dad. We saw him, and he, he, my, my, my uncle never got married. He, he never had kids. And so he came up to me. And my school at the time cost about 12 grand a year. I was going to go there for three years to finish my degree out. And uh, he came up to me and said, hey, um, Joe and Dan- Daniel, I-, I just want you to know, I want to pay for Daniel's college education. Uh, I-, I don't have kids of my own, and I, w- I would love to be able to do this. And no sooner had he said those words come out of his mouth that my dad said, nope, we're good. He's going to take care of college on, on his own. I know. <laughs> I know. Travesty. Um, uh, I think a, a friend of mine's dad heard about it about a year later that I was struggling through school on my own because my dad wanted me to earn it. He wanted it to mean something. If I was going to go there, he, he wanted it to be on that, that I would appreciate it. And, and I, I, I did. So don't think, man, it's the meanest dad in the world. I thought that for a while. Um, but I had a guy named Danny Tanton who owned, y'all know that I love the Loop, right? He owns like eight of the Loop stores. It was a friend of my dad. Doesn't own the one up here, but owns some all around town and up in North Carolina. And um, I was with lunch with him. I was about to go off to school. And uh, he said, hey, I want you to know, don't stop going to school. If, if you ever can't make it, let me know. And uh, I've got your back. I'll make sure that, that your t- 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 tuition stuff's paid. Uh, and th- what was great about this was I knew that if I couldn't make it on my own, I had someone that was going to help take care of me, right? It's nice to know you're taken c- care of. And, and, and don't miss this, but God provides for us all the time. A lot of times you don't see it in the present as you're going forward. You see it more as you look back in the past and go, man, he was all over me here and there and there. But make sure that we're not drifting away from where we're supposed to be, that we're staying in front of the Father's chair. We're spending time with him. Last point is this. God remembers you always. Y'all hung in well. We're about done. Isaiah 49 says this in verse 14. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her, her nursing child that she should have no comp- compassion on the son of her womb? Even those may, 
Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. And what a picture of the gospel, right? Right there. The third point is God remembers you always. That a, a nursing mom could forget her, the child that is nursing, but that may happen, but God will never forget you. And then this is pointing to the picture of the cross. I've engra- engraved you in the, in the palm of, of my hands. The picture of our sinful condition and God saying, you can't make it on your own. You can't be good enough. There's a payment for your sin. But my son who lives a life without sin, who dies as a, a sacrifice for the sin of mankind, for those who put their faith in him, he remembers us always. Um, so this is sort of the last point. And I, you're like, this is like a purity, like a pursuing uh, greatness and purity and love. Yeah, it is. Because if you are putting your self-worth in the things of the world, they will fail you every time. And not only will they fail you, but the things that you put your faith in, if it's not God, are going to draw you away from him every time. Uh, So your worth is not found on the girl or guy that you date. Um, It's found in God. Uh, Him alone. And when he is your standard, this self-esteem that can sort of rise and fall, right? We're, we're, we're having a bad day. We're having a, a good day. It, it's going to be much more st- stable. Why? Because I, I know who I am. No matter how this world falls, no matter how many years you may have to wear a mask or whatever is going on that's wrecked your life the past year, God's still in control and he's got a plan for me. He's still in control. That's why you see some people, and man, you're like, how in the world are they doing so well? Because their faith is not in the things of this world. Their faith is in God. Next week, we're going to talk about don't settle. So many times, man, students especially settle for um, when it comes to the areas of love and purity. And I see it from teenagers to college to young adults. And man, my, my whole point for next week is to be don't settle, and this is why. Let's pray, and we're going to be dismissed tonight. Dear God, we thank you so much. Uh, sort of jumped through a lot um, here tonight, Lord, and I just ask that you uh, help us to be reminded that our worth is found in you and our worth is not found in the things of this world. And Lord, help us to uh, live a life that that understands. Lord, help us even in this room, even right now, uh, understand you made us with a purpose and a plan that, God, you think about us um, uh, constantly. Lord, you remember us always and you you provide for us daily. Lord, help those truths be seared into our life that that we walk as we walk into the community here that we honor you wherever we go for us in jesus name we pray amen all right we're dismissed y'all have a great week